Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You can be sure with Merowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Merowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Merowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at merowest.com. And service? Merowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Merowest's values just go together. Consider Merowest today. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. I did it with Hurts, eating, first down, and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Eagles Unfiltered. I'm your host, Ed Kratz, the publisher of Eagle Maven for SI.com. And I'm greatly pleased to be joined today by Greg, Greg Petuto, who is a reporter with the Washington football site operated by SI.com and Fan Nation. Uh, Greg, welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of excitement, uh, what's the excitement level for the Washington football team this season? Oh, man, it's, it's pretty high, um, you know, and that's something that we haven't been able to say for, you know, the past couple of years. But there's a lot of expectations, especially coming off an NFC East title, um, even with the seven and nine record, because the quarterback situation is improved. The defense is expected to be one of the top in the league and expectations are high. There's a lot of excitement in Washington. Well, are you aware of the last time a NFC East team went back-to-back to win the division title? Yes, I believe it was 2004, and it was, it was the Eagles. It's a long time ago. I mean, it's almost like a curse. If you win it, you know, the next year you're not going to win it. Absolutely. Uh, but eventually that's going to be broken, and maybe Washington has the, uh, the horses, so to speak, to do it. Yeah, it's got to be broken at some point. Um, yeah. If Washington's going to do it, they need a lot of things to go right. But um, early on at this point where we stand in July, um, there's a lot of expectation, a lot of excitement. Okay. Let me ask you, you know, you're about two and a half hours south of Philadelphia, um, maybe a little further, depending how fast you drive down I-95. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what's the view? What is your view of this Philadelphia Eagles uh, team heading into training camp, which is kind of on the horizon here at the end of July? You know, I think it all comes down to the quarterback position in Philadelphia. Um, obviously, the trade of Carson Wentz, um, they haven't really committed to a quarterback, even though assuming it's going to be Jalen Hurts, you know, what he really looks like um, coming into the, his first year as the starter. You know, they added um, Devontae Smith. That's an exciting player to add. Um, but not to, not to sound too, too rude, but 
Philly's not doesn't have you know high expectations. Their their roster is very very incomplete on both sides of the ball, and you know with the first year head coach, obviously, I think there's a lot of question marks in Philadelphia, and you know if they don't get answered, especially at the quarterback position, it could be a long season. I don't think that's being rude at all, Greg. I think you said that quite uh, gentlemanly, actually. I mean, because you're right on all counts. The Eagles do have, uh, you know, some questions to answer, especially at the quarterback position. But uh, as far as the uh, football team's quarterback position, I mean, it's uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I guess. Is he kind of the bridge quarterback here until maybe next year when you draft one? I saw Ron Rivera mention that, you know, he could be a guy that could start for a couple of years. Yeah, Absolutely. I think the addition of Fitzpatrick was a good one. I think it was a smart move. Um, you see a lot of times with teams without that young franchise quarterback, um, they kind of reach on one. They feel a rush to go out and get one. And where Washington was drafting this year, it would have been a lot to move up to draft Justin Fields. Obviously, the top three quarterbacks weren't going to fall. So I think the addition of Fitzpatrick is a smart move looking to the future. And if this is a team looking to win now, Fitzpatrick kind of, you know, not saying he's that win now Super Bowl quarterback, but he kind of fits into that mold because he's a veteran, he's a journeyman, and, you know, he's had some good times in this league. You, you mentioned the defense possibly being one of the best in the NFL, and, the, and certainly Washington has spent quite a bit of resources uh, at that spot. I mean, so generally speaking, that's the strength of this team, but what specifically about the defense what is a strength, would you say? Uh, that front four. I mean, they're, they have a chance to be the best in the league, you know, led by Chase Young, who's already looking like a superstar. Um, and then, obviously, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and Montez Sweat on the other side, who had a breakout year last year because he wasn't facing those, you know, double and triple teams. Those were on the other side with Young, so he was able to take um, care of the single coverage. But, again, when you look at the front four and the depth that they have, uh, Matt Ioannidis is returning from an injury, so he's going to be a big piece and Tim Settle coming off the bench as well, another big body who could get to the quarterback and stop the run. So it's the the starters, but the depth of the front four, that's really impressive in Washington right now. The Ioannidis, a Temple guy, so all the Temple Al alums here in Philadelphia are excited to see him, I'm sure, except when he plays the Eagles. Um, but how about a guy like Ryan Kerrigan? You know, that was kind of a bit of a surprise. I know Washington was probably going to let him go. Um, anyway, but to come and stay within the NFC East, the division that, you know, is probably up for grabs among, you know, the Washington, Dallas, and New York, Philadelphia, I think is a little behind those three. Uh, but to come to Philadelphia was a bit of a surprise. What, what do you think of Ryan Kerrigan as a football player? Does he have anything left? Um, and, and what do you think he adds to the Eagles? I think he definitely has, uh, has some left, you know, in Washington, going down the list of the guys I just named, there wasn't really a spot for him, but he's a great locker room guy. He's a leader. Um, he's always on the field. He doesn't miss games and he's still got that speed off the edge. I saw him linked to uh, the Baltimore Ravens a lot. So I thought he was going to end up in the area, maybe going to Baltimore, but he decided to stay in the division, um, which made it clear he wanted to stay in the Northeast. But I think that that was a nice addition for Philly. Again, as uh, Washington fans wouldn't like to see it, it's going to be weird seeing him in another uniform, but, as far as the player you're getting, it's somebody that can come in and contribute right away on and off the field and be a voice in the locker room for a team that might be looking for one. Yeah. Um, how about you mentioned the strengths, uh, you know, being that front four on the defensive side of the ball. What, what about a weakness, either offensively or defense defensively? Where, where does this team uh, need to shore up 
uh, anything in training camp or through a trade even during August? Uh, what's the weakness of this squad right now? Um, I'll start on the defensive side. And the biggest question mark, I'd say, would be the, the linebacker position. Um, that was where they struggled last season. They were slow from sideline to sideline. You know, they struggled in coverage. And then they add Jamin Davis to the bunch. And that's going to be an improvement because he's supposed to be this explosive athlete. Um, he's got speed, he can cover, you know, good size, but he's still a rookie. So he's a question mark coming in. Um, John Bostic and Cole Holcomb return to the group, but again, they lack speed, lack explosiveness. Um, so coming in, I think that's the biggest question mark on the defensive side of the ball and offensively it's, it's gotta be the offensive line up front. They had a lot of shuffling parts, you know, Morgan, Morgan Moses was released. Um, they signed Charles Leno to play left tackle and drafted Samuel Cosme out of Texas in the second round. So there's a lot of moving parts there, and there should be some interesting um, competitions in training camp for some spots along the offensive line. I would think if you look at the two teams, the, you know, Washington and Philadelphia, um, that matchup between the Eagles' defensive front and the Washington offensive line, I think would be kind of – a matchup that you'd favor with Philadelphia. What do you what do you know about the Eagles' defensive front? I mean, it's a it's a good solid unit that um, is aging, uh, but you know can still give teams trouble. Yeah, like you said, it's an aging bunch, but it's one that's been good for a long time. You know, they've been strong, and you mentioned the addition of Kerrigan, yeah. which will only help them whether that's in a starting role or off the bench. You know, for Washington, he kind of took over that third down role last year. Um, so whatever he decides to do in Philadelphia. And that's, that's an area where the Eagles could look to take a little bit of advantage of Washington. You know, Fitzpatrick's a guy, he can move a little bit, but he's another one. He's getting up there in age. So if you get to him and knock him down a little bit, he'll start thinking. Um, and with the question marks that Washington currently has along the offensive line, that could be that could definitely be an area where the Eagles take advantage. Yeah, I know Fitzpatrick's given the Eagles some fits, you know, in recent years. Uh, always seems to play well against them and – um, we'll see how he does this year. It's it's kind of a strange schedule the way it's laid out is the uh, Eagles in Washington don't play, I think, until uh, December. I think it's December 19th, somewhere in that range. Um, and then they don't and then they play again like two weeks later on January 2nd. So uh, kind of an odd way the schedule's laid out. Uh, these teams could look completely different, uh, you know, four months from now, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's very strange. They, pl I know Washington plays the Giants in week two, and then they don't come back with another division uh, opponent until week 14 when they play the Cowboys. So it's very strange where the NFL did that this year. Yeah, I think, I think both teams, Philadelphia and Washington, play five division games to close the season. Right. Um, which, you know, if, if this thing's all jumbled up, if no team's running away with it, and I would say no team will be running away with it at that point, uh, those five weeks are going to be huge. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the teams are going to look so different when it comes to injuries and just, you know, once everything plays out record wise and all that. So it's going to be interesting playing, you know, the Eagles and the Cowboys in Washington's case twice in four weeks. You know, you know, a player I really like on that Washington team is Antonio Gibson. Um, I really liked him coming out of school. You know, the, I guess positionally they weren't sure teams weren't sure if he was a receiver uh, running back. Washington really seems to have found his niche as a running back, but they use him out of the, out of the uh, backfield to catch too. Um, what's your feeling on it? Toby Gibson? What, how do you feel about him? Uh, how big of a part of this offense is he? 
Yeah, Antonio Gibson might be the most important piece, and that's because Washington wants him to take that next step as a pass catcher, which is really primarily what he was in college when he was at Memphis. Um, but Washington came in, they didn't have that um, every down back, so they tried to turn Gibson into that, and he he excelled. You know, he looked really good. Um, missed a couple games with a turf toe injury, but that shouldn't be an issue coming into this season. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of turn him into that pass catcher because they also have J.D. McKissick who acts as that third down back because he's a talented receiver out of the backfield. But when looking at Washington's offense, Gibson kind of has that versatile piece that can really do a little bit of everything. He's going to be very important. And if he takes that step, that's just another area that adds, you know, dynamic, dynamic skill set to the offense. You know, it's kind of interesting because the Eagles drafted a kid from Memphis this year in the fifth round, a running back who has a, a uh, similar skill set to Gibson, and that's Kenny Gainwell. Um, I imagine they were teammates at Memphis. Um, Gainwell's not as big as Gibson, um, but certainly can provide that same skill set. It'll be interesting to see how much of a, a role he has. So that leads me to the draft question, uh, Greg, uh, is who, who um, in this year's draft, you mentioned Jamin Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky, uh, who probably will have a role, but what was your take on the, on the Washington draft class this year? I thought it was a good class. They added obviously Davis Cosme has looked really good. He's going to compete for the right tackle spot in training camp, but the pick that stands out to me is Benjamin St. Just the cornerback out of Minnesota. And, you know, he's come in to OTAs and he looks physical. He's got good size, um, good explosiveness. So if he's a player that could take that step in the secondary as a rookie, Um, It allows him to play opposite William Jackson, who they signed in free agency and kind of move Kendall Fuller back inside to his slot corner position where, you know, he's one of the best in the league at that position. So that's another move that they can play around with. It gives Jack Del Rio a lot of options and it could kind of put players where they're meant to be and where they have the best chance to succeed. You mentioned the Eagles pick of Devontae Smith, the 10th overall pick. What, what was your take on him? There were a lot of varied opinions about him going into the draft with his weight, 165 pounds or so. Um, obviously the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. But what was your view of Smith coming into the draft? Uh, I didn't want to see him land in Philly. I can tell you that much. But <laughs> he's a guy who catches the football. And he's a, yes, his weight is a concern. But if you can't hit a guy, if you can't square him up, it's going to be hard to injure him. I know they were, they were concerned about that at the next level and he's got, you know, crazy speed. He makes guys miss and, you know, he's an excellent route runner. He's going to be difficult to defend. And, you know, again, he's going to be a problem because he catches the ball I've, at Alabama. I don't know if I've seen him drop many passes. So the Eagles are definitely going to find a way to get him involved really as much as they can. Yeah. All right. I just have a couple more things here. Uh, Greg Petuto, the reporter for the Washington football team here on SI.com is joining us and really appreciate it, Greg. Good, good information here. But do you have any update on when or if Washington's going to have a new nickname? I don't. I don't. I, I've heard the next um, over the next year, they're going to be the Washington football team this year. Um, you know, there's obviously a, a bunch of other stuff going on right now. Um, in terms of Dan Snyder and, and, you know, Tanya Snyder and all that. Um, So the name right now has not been at the forefront, but within the next year or so, maybe before next season, they should come up with some sort of name. Do you have any favorites, anything you like? I don't at the moment, you know, when you hear something, it's so strange to hear. I've, I've just gotten used to the Washington football team. So anything else now is going to sound weird, 
um, <laughs> you know, after obviously transitioning from the Redskins to the football team and, you know, now whatever they pick. But I like the idea of going something with the Hogs from the 80s. If I had to go with, you know, the Washington Razorbacks or something, that might be at the top of my list. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that that'd be a good one. We'll see how Arkansas feels about that. You know, they're the Razorbacks too. But, um, yeah. So, all right. Last thing, and I don't want to put you on the spot because it is July seventh. We still have a you know all summer to go here, training camp to look at across the NFC East. But do you think the Washington Football Team will win the division this year? Who will win? That, yeah. The way, the, the way that the way that was worded. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I won't hold you against. You know, I won't hold it against you if, if you're not right. But just curious. I'll definitely say they could win the division. Um, when you look at them as an entire team, I think they're they're pretty balanced. They're pretty well-rounded. Um, you know, Dallas is obviously getting Dak Prescott back and, you know, Mari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, they're dynamic on the offensive end. But there's questions about their defense. And, you know, they're obviously the favorites, as they are every year coming in. But I definitely think Washington could win the division, and it's going to come down to those swing games on the schedule for them. Yeah, and the Giants. I think the Giants could have something too. Um, the Giants are going to be improved, yes. Yeah, and, and, but again, like you said earlier, it all comes down to the quarterback position with Philadelphia. I think it's the same in New York with Daniel Jones. But um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, when I do my predictions, I'm still kind of uh, – I don't know who I'm going to pick to win the NFC East. It's really going to be close. And I don't like the fact that there hasn't been a repeat winner of the division since the 03-04 seasons with Philadelphia. I mean, that – that's a trend, man. It's hard to pick against ending. You know what I mean? I know, that really, it really seems like an impossible trend. You know, nobody's repeated in that long and it makes you definitely makes you double, you know, double take everything. But Absolutely. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say they will win. I'm going to say they could. Um, and I think that's the case for, you know, probably three of the four teams, you know, with the Eagles maybe being on the outskirt a little bit. All right, Greg Petuto, where can people find your work? What's your Twitter handle? Uh, where, where do you, where do you put your work out there? Uh, my Twitter handle is at Greg Petuto, simply my my first and last name. Um, you can catch me on Washington Football on the Sports Illustrated site. Awesome. Hey, man, thanks a lot for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Uh, pro- probably see you down the line. It's going to be a while before our teams play each other, but, you know, I'll, maybe I'll see you somewhere before then. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me again. All right, buddy. Have a good one. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You can be sure with Merowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Merowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Merowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at merowest.com. And service? Merowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Merowest's values just go together. Consider Merowest today. Can I pop a beer in here? Your cousin. From Boston. Sam Adams Boston Lager is my go-to beer. Not too heavy, not too light. Oh, boy. That's... Oh, no. Is that on the computer? Sam Adams Boston Lager. The Boston Beer Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Drink responsibly. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.